good morning, good evening, good afternoon, and welcome back to the Candy Bag B. Well, we are back again. I'm on a streak, a really good streak of um, staying one episode ahead. And I really appreciate that. Like, I like that I'm kind of always one in the hole. That's what she said. That's what he said. And um, it kind of gives give, gives me the space to kind of have the time to, you know, have inspiration on the topic or whatever it is that I feel like I'm going to talk about that day. Anywho, you hear my papers because I'd be writing shit down. Anyway, uh, let's get to the business first and then we're going to get to the bullshit. So the business is, let me turn it down. I feel like that's just a smidge too loud. Let me see. There we go. All right. So if you'd like to reach me, you can find me at it's the candy bag B B I H at gmail.com. You can also find me on Insta or Instagram or IG at the candy bag underscore B. Or you can find me on Facebook under the candy bag B all caps so um last week uh i talked about compromise versus negotiation and i actually went back and listened to that and um there's a difference in in talking about it and then going back and listening to it because i was able to hear hear it differently listening to it versus just talking about it um, so this week we are going to talk about low blows and fighting fair. Um, it took me a long time to learn the difference, uh, that, uh, low blows are not a good thing and fighting fair is actually a thing. So, um, there are times when, Emotions are high and one person or both people are upset about something or another and an argument starts. It could be yelling, it could be screaming, it could be a conversation. But what determines the outcome and how a resolution comes about is how the argument goes. So what a low blow is, is when you purposely, when a person purposely says something to you that they know will bother you, which is, it could be um, an insecurity that they know you have. Um, It could be if, you know, a family member that you were close to died or anything that you have spoken to this person about in confidence and then they use it against you in an argument. That is a low blow. That is not cool. That shit is not right. I do not like that shit. Um, I have definitely had it happen to me. I can honestly say there are times when I have done it as well in, you know, response to that coming to me, which 
I kind of have a motto that I'm trying to uh, <laughs> get away from is when they low, when they go low, I go to hell. Um, I'm trying. I don't always succeed, but it depends on how I feel about the person. If it's my friend, I'm not going to do that. If it's my partner, I'm not going to do that. But if it's a coworker, bitch, fuck you. If it's somebody outside in the street, bitch, fuck you. I don't care at that point. But if it's someone that I love and care about, I am not going to do. Um, I'm trying to post this door. Do the low blow thing um, with a partner or a friend because that's just right. Okay. I really be doing the most during these podcasts. <laughs> but that's all right. That's what makes me me. Anywho. So, um, y'all know I'm always with the definitions and shit. And words mean things and, you know, shit like that. So, um, so a low blow can actually, t- let me say this. Everything that I say on these podcasts is my opinion. It doesn't mean it's right. It doesn't mean it's wrong. It's just how I feel about something in particular. All right. You ain't got to agree. It's cool. You can let me know you don't agree. That's cool too. Does that mean it might change my mind? No, but it could. Depends on what you're saying. Anywho. So, um... Emotional abuse is kind of hard to decipher and and see because unlike physical abuse, you can't see the marks. You can't see the swollen eye and the busted lip and a broke arm or ribs or anything. What emotional abuse does is it seeps in, like it sets into your mind and to your emotions so what it what it leaves you with is uh, a feeling of inadequacy, could be. Or it makes you feel like you are um, always waiting for the other shoe to drop or the ball to drop or, how, you know, however it is that you'd like to um, say that. Um. And what a lot of people don't understand is it's just because you don't raise your voice at someone doesn't mean you're not emotionally abusing them. If you are saying and doing hurtful things on purpose with the intent to hurt, that is abusive. You don't have to actually see the pain to know when you're doing something wrong. And um, I have learned seriously, when I first heard the term hurt people hurt people, I didn't really understand that until I really started to like go a little bit deeper into that and really think about the words. Hurt people hurt people. When all you've learned is hurt, 
when all you've learned is how to hurt, when your immediate reaction to things is, you hurt me, so I'm going to hurt you back. That's what it means when, that, that's what the saying means, hurt people hurt people. And if you are a person who was not raised um, or did not learn that type of behavior where when somebody hurts you, you hurt them back, that shit really affects you because it's like, well, wait a minute now. Ho, 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 ho. Wait, hold on. You say you love me, but you never call. <laughs> Five heartbeats, my bad. Um, so you say you love me, but because I have done or said something that I may or may not know hurt you, you are intentionally doing something to cause me pain. How is it that you can say you love me? How is it that you can say you are my friend? How are you making excuses? Is that gaslighting? Absolutely. That is definitely gaslighting. So the definition of emotional abuse is a way to control another person by using emotions to criticize, embarrass, shame, blame, or otherwise manipulate another person. And I have been there. And man, I really hope I haven't done that to anybody. But again, I I mean, I can't um, say if I have or haven't. Uh, I do know that there are things that I have done that I did because I didn't know how not to do it or I didn't know how to say it, which has really always been an issue for me. I don't have tact. So it's really, really difficult to not say exactly what's on my mind and exactly what I want to say in a tactful way to quote unquote, not hurt someone's feeling. However, if it's the truth, no matter how how I say it, it's still gonna hurt, right? So I'm I'm ever working on tact. Um, I think I might be getting there, but sometimes I I do have to reach out to other people and say, okay, well, this is the situation. How do I say, bitch, you out your motherfucking mind? You got me fucked up, hoe, and I'll snatch your hat out and I whoop your ass. How do I say that in a tactful way? Cause that's how I want to say it, but I know that that ain't right. <laughs> Oh shit. So, um, you know, it, it I, I have realized that um some of my former partners and when I say partners, I mean like people that I was in a relationship with. Um some of my former partners were emotionally abusive. And I took that shit and I can't believe I did. Because that's really not my character to take shit off of people, but I'm a different person when I love you or like you or I'm in a relationship um, with you. So I, I take more to the chin than I would with a regular nigga on the street. Um, so a f- uh, former partner of mine, um, what he told me is... Um, this is someone who knew I was married when we started dating. 
I make it very clear. I don't don't hide that fact at all. Uh, none whatsoever. So he was very aware from the very first conversation that I am married. I am looking for a boyfriend, so on and so forth. So once we, you know, got into it, got into dating each other, um, there was a situation where we were going to a concert. And I was like, hey, so everywhere I go, I see someone I know, like for real. Most people that I do know, know that I am married, but they do not know that I am polyamorous, which I have no issue with. I'm not hiding that fact. Also, people that I do know, know better than to come at me crazy if they see me in public with someone who is not my husband. Um, that made him uncomfortable. The fact that someone I would know may approach me and say, hey, and I was like, I mean, I would introduce you as, you know, hey, this is blah, 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 blah. This is such and such. And I'll leave it at that. I ain't got to go all into my business or whatever is happening between the two of us. But I just want to let you know that's how I'm going to address it if I see someone that I know. And he was uncomfortable with that. Um, I like holding hands, right? So I'm a hand holder. So when we're out, I want to hold hands because <laughs> I like that shit. So what he said to me was, um, I know we're going to this concert, but um, I would prefer if we did not hold hands when we were in public. And I was like, the fuck? What? I, I, don't under, I don't understand that. We've been out before. We've been dating for months and we've gone to restaurants. We've been here, there, and everywhere. Booed up, hugged up, all of that shit. So what's the difference now? So, um, we argued for about a, uh, a week about that because I was just like, no, nah, I'm not cool with that shit at all. Because what he said was, well, you know, once we go to the concert, let's just, you know, act like we're friends. I mean, we're friends, right? And I was like, but you're my boyfriend. <laughs> so why the fuck are you giving a fuck about anybody that you don't even know. They, who who knows that you are not my husband? Okay, let's say I don't see somebody that I know. And this is what my ass get for trying to be with somebody that's monogamous. I knew fucking better, but I needed the experience. Anyway. And um, so I compromised. And the compromise was... Uh, in public, we were not going to hold hands while we were, you know, in going to the concert. And I was not comfortable with that at all. And none whatsoever. I was tight. Like I was, I was not a joy to be around that day. <laughs> so we go to the concert and I am really, really quiet when I have to be quiet when I am upset because that prevents me from saying things that I don't want to say out loud. And it gives me a, a space to take a step back and take stock of what I want to say and how I'm feeling to make sure that it's right. So I was quiet. We get out of the car. We park. We get out. And as we're walking, there's no one around. So he reaches for my hand. And I'm like, Mm, but I thought you didn't want to hold hands. So I held his hand 
And when we cut the corner to get to where the crowd was, he let my hand go. And I was like, oh, I see what we doing here. Okay, yeah, I'm not going to play that game with you today. Nope. Mm -mm. No, we're not going to do that. So um, that was actually the beginning of the end um, for he and I. Because what you're not going to do is that shit to me. What you're not going to do is act like you shame or or don't want to be seen with me or whatever. No, we're not, we not going to do that. No. So that eventually ended. And in the, in the midst of the argument, here's the point. In the midst of the uh, disagreement argument that we were having about the handholding, he said, um, you are not my wife. You are not my girlfriend. So why would I hold your hand? And I was like, wow. So when we going on dates, I'm not sure. Okay. So when we fuck. Okay. So I'm not sure. Okay. All right. So all the things that we're doing, uh, we're, we're doing as friends. Is, is that what you're saying to me? stupid and another time well when I was um on my weight loss journey let me pull back he told me one time that I was heavier then um I was heavier when we met he told me that he liked everything about my body except for my stomach and I was like "Mm, well if you don't like my stomach do you have the money for me to get a tummy tuck since it's the issue for you if not then what you see is what you get. When you met me, I had this stomach. Where the fuck do you think it's going to go? I mean, I, I can't isolate working out and the only thing that goes away is my stomach and all the other weight stays on. It doesn't work like that. So when I started to lose weight, um, I got on the heat challenge and I told him about it. You know, here are the restrictions. This is what I can do. This is what I can't do. We can still go out when I got to Well, I, we're not going to be able to go out for these two months because I'm on this challenge and I have a meal plan and I'm only going to eat this food, period. I can still come over, but I'm going to bring my food. Please don't stop eating what you're eating. So, you know, go, go forth and be great. Um, he told me out his mouth that, uh, he was no longer attracted to me once I lost weight. And I was like, God damn, well shit. Oh, okay. So at first you didn't like my stomach. Okay. And now that I've lost weight, which I did for myself, let me make very clear. I lost weight for me, not for anybody else. Cause I didn't like how I looked had nothing to do with anybody else. Um, and he said, no, I'm, I'm not attracted to slim women. And I was like, hmm, okay. Well, you know, I tried to uh, yet hold on. You know, I was trying to force some shit. And we ended up breaking up and getting back together. And then we broke up for good because I was like, nope. What you're not going to do is be disrespectful to me. I see that you are attempting to hurt me and talk to me crazy because you feel like I hurt you because I broke up with you. So, no thank you. 
And I didn't realize that that was emotional abuse because that shit really, really did affect me. I mean, like to have someone that you care about tell you that they are no longer attracted to you because you lost weight or, you know, you're not my girlfriend. You could never be anything to me because you have a husband. I was like, the nigga, what? So anyway, it took me a minute to get over that. I didn't know that that was emotional abuse um, because... No one had ever actually explained it to me what emotional abuse was. You know, you hear it all the time and therapists talk about it, but nobody really talks about it. Um, And other signs of emotional abuse is gaslighting, um, the silent treatment, and saying really, really hurtful things. And then when you get a reaction telling the person that they're being too sensitive oh you you all in your feelings and you just being too sensitive but it's like motherfucker you really said that to to get to you know like to get under my skin and now you're telling me that i'm being too sensitive wow i can't believe i lasted as long as i did with that nigga um so so with emotional abuse also uh, comes a cycle of toxicity. It just goes around and around and around and around. Um, so the cycle of abuse is, number one, tensions build. So the tension, tension increases, a breakdown of communication happens, The victim becomes fearful and feels the need to placate the abuser. The second part is, is the incident. It's a verbal, emotional, and or physical abuse, anger, blaming, arguing, threats, and intimidation. The third level is reconciliation. So after, you know, there's miscommunication, there's argument, you name calling, you're verbally abusive, emotionally abusive, you're threatening, you're blaming, you're doing all of that. Here comes the reconciliation. And that's when the abuser apologizes, gives excuses, blames the victim, denies the abuse even occurred, or says that it wasn't as bad as the victim claims. Oof. And then number four is the calm. The incident is forgotten, no abuse is taking place, and you're back in the honeymoon phase. That is a nasty, vicious cycle to be on. I have been on that roller coaster ride, and when I can tell you, that shit ain't fun. And it wasn't fun. And it did way more damage than I realized. And I didn't realize it did much damage until I started to see how I reacted to things that would happen with my current partner. And my reaction, it wasn't his reaction, it was my reaction to things. So I had taken on so much of like that emotional abuse, my reaction to things were like quick. And I instantly get on the defensive. I instantly either I'm on the defensive or I'm over explaining or I feel like 
I've done something wrong when there's an agree a disagreement and I'm walking on eggshells because that's the kind of behavior that I'm used to. And I am the person that's still holding on to it. He's let it go because once we talked about it, he's like, okay, cool, we straight. And I'm still like, okay, so how mad is he? Okay, how long is it gonna take him for not to, you know, to not be upset with me again? And you know, what do I need to do to make sure that he's not upset with me? And I'm I'm over here tripping. And he done went on about his business and his day because we had a conversation about it and we're done. But even though I'm able to have a sensible conversation about whatever the miscommunication or disagreement was, on the inside, I am a fucking mess. Because I'm like, he's too calm. He's too cool. Like, what is he about to do now? Like, there has to be something on the other side of this because I'm not used to this type of behavior. And there was nothing on the other side of it. It was just, he said what he said. He meant what he said. There's no toxic behavior behind it. So I'm still getting used to that, um, by the way. And um, we'll be together two years at the end of this month (laughs) oh child so that leads me to the next topic which is unlearning learned behavior so in order here's my you know words mean things i looked it up so in order to unlearn learned behavior behavior you must be willing to learn something new It is a process of developing alternative pattern. Excuse me. Let me start over because I ain't read that right because I don't have my glasses on. So unlearning learned behavior, you must be willing to learn something new. It is a process of developing an alternative pattern of thoughts, replacing old behaviors and developing a plan of action moving forward. It requires intent and effort. So, um, because I want to unlearn these learned behaviors for myself and to make sure that I'm not passing on these things to my children, I have to make a conscious decision daily to put in the personal effort and strength and thought process to change the way that I think about things, to change the way that I react to situations, to also be able to pinpoint why something was a trigger. And if it's a trigger, that's because it came from somewhere else, not the person that I'm with. That shit is hard. And there are times when I feel like I am all over the goddamn place and I don't know where I am, who I am, or what the fuck I'm doing. Because I've gotten so used to doing things a specific way, I know now that it's unhealthy for me and it's unhealthy for me to show my children that. So in order for them to know and understand what a healthy relationship is, even if you're not together, I have to unlearn, which also means I cannot focus 
on what the other person is or is not doing because that is out of my control and that is none of my motherfucking business. All that LB can do is focus on LB, the patterns, behaviors, thought processes, and begin to move forward and change the way that I handle things. Because I've honestly changed the way that I handle them. Now, I'm still their mama. I'm still me. I'm still being their ass. But I have more conversations with them. Um, I don't have to spank them at all, actually. I haven't had to uh, put my hands on my daughter since this summer. And I got a good, too. And we haven't had any issues since then. Because what I realized is, is she's the child that doesn't understand consequences if there isn't anything physical that comes with it, just talking to her is not going to work. My youngest son talking works just fine for him. However, after uh, I whooped that ass with my daughter, haven't had any issues with her since then. Um, so after you unlearn the learned behavior of the cycle of toxicity and the emotional abuse the mental abuse and sometimes physical abuse you have to once you get rid of that you have to replace it with positive behaviors and positive ways of handling things so this is where the fighting fair part comes in and healthy conflict and such and I'll get into those in a in a minute so my partner and I were talking this morning and we were actually talking about this. He's the inspiration for um, the topic today. I didn't have any inspiration. I couldn't think of anything. And we were just talking. And he was telling me about his mentor and how his mentor and the wife handled conflict. So they had a word that they use when the tensions were rising and things would get just a little bit too heated. And especially if they were in front of their children, one of them would say that word, which let the other person know that we need to excuse ourselves and go to the bedroom and have a conversation. Not yell, not argue, but have a conversation about whatever that particular issue is. And I would love that. I would actually love to have a um, healthy conflict and and to have a, a healthy conversation with my partner, even when we are disagreeing. I don't like to be yelled at um, by men in general. Um, and that just, I know exactly where that comes from. And that's also why my preference in men are the men that are very calm and laid back. And I wouldn't say soft-spoken, but their initial reaction is not to holler and scream. However, underneath the calmness, there can be uh, <laughs> hollering and screaming. Depends on what the emotional intelligence and maturity is of said man. Um, So listening to 
how he described his mentor and wife and you know he was asking them questions about okay well i never see y'all arguing she was like oh we argue all the time we just don't do it in front of the kids we have a safe word or you know whatever the word is that we're going to use and we go in the room which is soundproof and we have a conversation so before we start this difficult conversation we kiss and we hug and at the end we kiss and we hug and i was like well goddamn huh I wonder if I could do that because I know when I am upset about something, do not talk to me, <laughs> do not touch me, <laughs> leave me alone and let me sit over here and seethe. However, that is very unhealthy, but I know I react that way based off of what I saw from my parents and the partners that I've had. I didn't know how to communicate effectively and they didn't know how to communicate effectively. So you put two people together who do not know how to communicate effectively and bada bing, bada boom, here we are with unhealthy um, communication and habits and shit. Back hurt. Um, ooh, ouch. Um, so I am um no there were there have been <laughs> times in this current uh, partnership that I'm in where I blew up that I did the most and I reacted before I thought because that's my initial reaction to shit based off of you know what I've grew, grown up seeing and the past relationships that I've been in so um He's very calm and you know he speaks when he needs to speak and he you know he'll 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 get me together if I need to be getting gotten together um and I don't feel disrespected at all um what has happened is it has changed the way that I react his reaction to things has actually changed the way that I react to a lot of stuff um because he is a communicator and he's really, really good at communicating. And I am learning how to communicate in a healthy way, which is refreshing and scary at the same time. Um, because it's something that I'm not used to even, you know, almost, well, it's been two years since we met, but two years in and it's like, oh shit. So it took me to 40 to get to this point <laughs> shit I guess so um so there were situations that have come up and my initial reaction I blew up and once I calmed down and he expressed how he felt about the way I handled the situation I knew that I needed to change how I reacted to shit because if I did not change that, I would lose him. Because my quick reaction and quick temper would be the demise of our relationship if I allowed it. 
So while I knew I needed to change as well, seeing a different, seeing and receiving a different reaction from my partner let me know that I was the one that was wrong and I was the one that needed to change that shit. And that can be very, very difficult for people to admit that they are the issue and I was the issue. I did not react in a healthy way to conflict. I want to fight and slap everybody. <coughs> That's not healthy. Now, there are times when um, I feel that he his reaction was just a little bit too calm in reference to someone else. <laughs> but there ain't shit I can do about that. So... What I've learned is, is that we have healthy conflicts. And what a healthy conflict is, it is based on mutual respect and trust. Both people must be able to express thoughts without being bullied or put down for having a difference in opinions. I am going to repeat that. So a healthy conflict is based on mutual respect and trust. Both people must be able to express thoughts without being bullied or put down for having a difference in opinion. Which also, you can put agreeing to disagree in that same box with healthy conflict because what agreeing to disagree means is to respectfully agree to not argue anymore about a difference in opinions so you can have a healthy conflict with your partner and also agree to disagree now though there are certain topics with couples that will continue to arise outside of or in spite of the agree to disagree. It just depends on what the topic is. Only that couple knows what that topic is. He and I haven't come to a space where we had to agree to disagree. And well, we have. No, 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 we, we have. We have agreed to disagree on responses in to, to other people when they say things to or about, you know, us and our partnership and so on and so forth. Because, you know, my SB want to go off and he's like, oh, you know, it's it's whatever. And I'm like, eh, fuck them bitches. But whatever. So um, agreeing to disagree can work. It you know, it just depends on whatever the topic is. Having a healthy conflict is actually good for your relationship because it shows respect and trust. I don't have to agree with everything that you say. I don't have to agree with everything that you believe. And I can leave it at that. Hmm. I like that too. Healthy conflict. Okay. 
So along with healthy conflict comes fighting fair. And there is a thing. There is a such thing as fighting fair. A lot of us were not taught how to fight fair. A lot of us don't know how to fight fair. And I mean with words and disagreement with your partners and your friends. You can fight fair. You do not and should not low blow people that you love. Because if you love them, you respect them enough and you trust them enough to not do that. And if the respect and the trust is gone, y'all asses don't need to be together no more. That's just how I feel about it. Now, fighting fair is a respectful, structured way of confronting each other on issues that are causing open or hidden conflict. You're communicating in a healthy way. You're still respectful of each other. You're going to sit down and you're going to talk. Not holler, not yell, not scream, not do any of that. It's also, fighting fair, is also a method for handling and resolving the differences of opinions between spouses or partners. So you can put agree into disagree, healthy conflict, and fighting fair all together because they do go hand in hand. Every conversation is not going to have a resolution. That's what we need to understand. There are also rules to fighting fair. Okay. So before you begin, ask yourself why, why you feel upset. So that's number one. Ask yourself why you feel upset. Okay. Once you give yourself a chance to know why you're upset, you are better able to communicate why you are upset. Number two, you discuss one topic at a time. Being all over the place is not going to help. I am a rambler, right? So when I am upset about something, I let everything out all at one time so what that does is that prevents my partner or the person that i'm talking to from actually being able to grasp the real reason why i'm upset because i'm all over the fucking place because i didn't think about why am i upset i didn't give myself the space and time to think about it so instead of thinking about it i'm thinking about everything So we can't discuss one topic at a time because my ass is all over the goddamn place. That's not fighting fair. Number three, don't use degrading language. Don't, don't, don't do that. Don't be disrespectful. You know, you can curse, but not curse at the person. Be like, you raggedy, snaggletooth motherfucker, you club foot ass bitch. No, that is not fighting fair at all. Four, you have to be able to express your feelings with words. That means you have to communicate effectively. 
That means you have to think about what you are going to say before you say it to prevent yourself from being disrespectful to the person that you are having the conflict or the issue with. This is why I give myself space to think before I speak. If I am ever in an argument, a disagreement, and I just get quiet, I am thinking and I'm calming down and I'm making sure that I'm level-headed enough to have a respectful conversation about whatever the conflict is. Five, take turns speaking. I'm still working on this. I'm still working on not interrupting while someone is speaking their mind about whatever because I want to get my shit out but that is unhealthy so I'm working on it intently and consciously putting in the effort to work on it and I be fucking up (laughs) but I'm working on it All right, so no stone, no stonewalling. That's number six in fighting fair. So no stonewalling, which means no shutting down. Don't just shut down. There's a difference in being quiet because you're listening and shutting down because you don't want to hear that shit no more. Shutting down is like the silent treatment, which goes back to emotional abuse and gaslighting. That shit ain't cool. Don't do that. I've had that happen to me. That is not a good feeling, okay? Number seven, no yelling. I've been doing okay with that. I've, I've been do, I think I've been doing okay. I'm going to ask my partner to make sure, but I think I've been doing okay with that because I am definitely a voice raiser and I uh, am working on that. I come from a family of loud ass people and I also come from a background of being yelled at and hollered at a lot. And I mean, you know, she just, she doing what was done to her. So I understand. So, um, I fucked up with my first one. I yelled at his ass a lot and then I didn't. Um, and with the last two, I try my best not to yell, holler and fuss at them or scream, you know, at them when I'm upset about something. Um, number eight, take a time out if you need to take a step back. Say, okay, you know what? This is getting a... This is getting a a bit uh, heated. Just give me like 10, 15 minutes. Let's time out, walk out of the room, kind of calm down, and then we can come back to it after, you know, the 10 or 15 minutes. I've learned how to do that too. And number nine is attempt to come to a compromise. I don't like that word or understanding. So fuck that compromise word, attempt to negotiate or come to an understanding of whatever that issue is, which your understanding could very well be agreeing to disagree. And letting that topic ride for a minute. And giving each other the, the space to, you know, back up and, you know, gather yourselves and such. Yeah something in here sorry something I got in here my bad y'all okay well I hope you all learned something because I did 
that is the end of the first segment. After this break, we are going to get into the detail. Now, I don't have a who going to check me just yet, but I may find inspiration during a detail or whatever. Who knows? We shall return. All right. So, we bike. And now it is time for Dicktails. <laughs> ah, I say this every show. I really need to, uh, um, I need to make a snippet of that or something. One of these young is going to have to show me on the TikTok or whatever because I don't know how to work that shit. All right. So, um, this Dicktail is called Mufasa the Growler. Every time I think about this story, I just, I just laugh because this shit is fucking hilarious. <laughs> All right. So again, most of these stories are from when I was in my twenties because I was really on my whole shit and I had a really good whole life and I loved my sport fucking and whole life. Like that shit was fun as fuck. So I cannot remember this nigga name for shit. However, I used to call him Mufasa. I think he's a Leo too. Anywho. So, um, me and my cousin, we used to hang out like tough, tight. And me and her, we would, Friday nights, them kids would go with their daddies or whatever. We would get one of our older cousins to come over and watch the kids. And we'd be clubbing our goddamn night. So this one particular night, um, this little nigga ran up on me. And when I say little nigga, I mean like little nigga. He's like, I'm going to give him five for it, but I feel like he's a smidge shorter than it. (laughs) (laughs) It was so little. Anyway, he had locks. I think he may still have locks. I run into him every now and then. So he had locks um, from New York. So, you know, the Thames and that accent. And he had goals in his mouth. A couple, you know, little, you know, on the side, open face, closed. You know what I'm saying? And I was in my third days. So I like did eat that shit. Well... Trying to, I'm trying to remember. Okay, so. All right, so me and my cousin was out. When we met him? No. I. Oh, did she? I don't even fucking remember who met whom first. So one day, me and my cousin, he had a little barbecue at his house. So me and my cousin go to his house, right? Now, I can't remember if I had already fucked him or not. I don't think I. I had not fucked him yet. So we go to the barbecue. And him and my cousin. They, you know what I'm saying, they they doing their thing and they they meshing and you know what I'm saying, they 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 enjoying each other and shit. So we had a homeboy over there, and this nigga reminded me of the Luther Vandross, but in the non-gay way. Oh, what was his name? Oh, I remember his name. I need to call my cousin and ask her if she remember these things. <laughs> anyway. So I got a thing for like singers and 
artists and shit. Like, but I also got a thing for like the nerds and the geek. We ain't talking about that. Well, his homeboy, Mufasa's homeboy, could sing. And when I say sing, I was still wearing panties then, and I would have given him my panties, okay? He was tall. Ooh, how tall was he? I think he was like 6'5", 6'6", and he had some weight on him too. And he was dark, and he had a beard. Well, shit, bitch, you got a type. Goddamn. All right. I have a type, but I still be fucking. Niggas, that ain't my type. So, you know, me and a friend, and you know, he sang to me and shit, and he done scooped me up, and I was, you know, I wasn't but 120, 25 pounds then. So he done scooped me up, and, you know, we doing our thing or whatever, and we didn't ever have sex because... I don't even know why. Oh, that nigga played too many motherfucking games for me. And I ain't with that shit, nigga. I think he had somebody. Hindsight is twenty twenty. That nigga was probably married or had a girlfriend or some shit that lived at the house. And that's why he was always on that bullshit. Anyway, we ain't talking about him. So, what I didn't know is that Mufasa and my cousin had been fucking around. I didn't know it. Had we talked about it? Shit, I can't even remember me and her talked about it, but there are plenty of niggas that me and her both fucked. Not at the same time, but shit. If he was good to me or he was good to her, she'd be like, hey, get that shit. And I'd be like, bitch, fuck him because that shit was good. It's cool. Condoms were used. So this one particular night, uh, he invites me over. I cannot remember if him and my cousin had stopped fucking then or not, but... It didn't even fucking matter because I was going to fuck him anyway because he had both of our numbers and his homeboy had my number, but his homeboy was on that bullshit. Anyway, so he invited me over to his place and he got all, you know, he, he romanticized that motherfucker real nice. It was real romantical and shit. His room was clean. Bed was made because, you know, niggas don't be making their beds and they damn sure don't be cleaning their rooms. So he was much older than me, though. I think he was like late 30s then. And I was like mid-twenties. No, he actually might have been in his forties, early forties then. Yeah. Child, I don't fucking know. He was older than me, let me say that. So we get up there and little man, you know what I'm saying? Little man doing his thing. Cause my cousin had done told me that he had a big old dick. And I was like, bitch, really? And I was a size queen back then. You know what I'm saying? So if the dick was big, I was going to fuck it. So we get in here. We get in that room. We get in that nice ass king bed. First of all, that was a little bit ass nigga with a big ass bed. Okay, we ain't talking about that. But God damn. That was a, that was a big ass bed. I know his feet were nowhere near touching the bottom. <laughs> okay. So. It's go time, right? Put the condom on. And the dick was great. Like, that shit was good. I got on top. I still had my good knees then. I got on top and I rode it. He hit that bitch from the bike. And we were in missionary, right? At the end, poets. I don't even know how long that shit lasted, but it lasted a good minute. So, we in missionary. And... 
he starts to growl. And I don't I don't mean like moan. No, I mean like growling. Like <laughs> as he is <laughs> as he is fucking me. This nigga is growling and I'm like um okay so what the growling did was it fucked up my orgasms because i'm sitting here trying to figure out it is he he growling for real like he's like growling like i don't even know if i can get my voice to do that shit let me see hold on let me take a sip of my yak it ain't yet, but it's crown. Apple. Ooh. All right, so. <clears throat> so he's like. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do that shit without laughing. Okay, so he's like. Oh, you like that shit? That shit good. That did good. And. On the inside, I am screaming, laughing. Like, I cannot wait to fucking tell my cousin this shit. Because I know this nigga is not up in here growling. And he was. And when he had an orgasm, he growled even louder. So, at the end of it, I'm just kind of laying there looking at the ceiling like, um... Yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and go. Because <laughs> that shit weirded me the fuck out. Up until that point and since then, I've never had a, a sexual encounter where the nigga was growling. I, what I'd like to know is, was that something that he just started doing at some point in his life or was the growl always a part of his orgasm and if it was all the way, always a part of his orgasm nigga what how you so your voice is so you just growl why do you, why why are you growling I'm too immature for that shit now I would be I would ask in the middle of it like um <laughs> why are you growling oh shit outside of the growling though the dick was exceptional we fucked around for a couple years and then the nigga was just too little for me and i didn't want to fuck him no more so i stopped well anyway so i followed up with my cousin and i was like Hey, so I went to Mufasa's and, you know, I fucked him. And that nigga was growling as he was fucking me. And she busted out laughing. And when I say, like, busted out laughing, she was, it was one of them inaudible laughs. So she didn't laugh, like, audibly. Like, I couldn't hear her laugh because it was one of the silent ones. And then she just hollered and she was like, I thought he just did that with me. And I'm like, uh, bitch, no, that nigga growls. 
And we spent the next hour on the phone laughing and talking about this nigga because he growls when he is fucking. If I see him again, I'm going to ask him, nigga, you still growl when you be fucking? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I shit for that. (laughs) I'm going to have to call her back. I'm going to have to call her and ask her, do she remember? Does she remember him? I forgot what his name is. And do she remember the fact that this nigga used to growl like a goddamn lion? Maybe he thought he was lying because he was a Leo. Hmm. I don't know. However, if any of you ladies ever run into this nigga and he starts growling, please send me an email. Please DM me and let me know. No, I cannot remember his name. But he does still have locks. He is still little, and he does still have them gold toothpicks in his mouth. Okay. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, uh, even after this uh, big tail, I don't have a who check me, who gonna check me. Um, You know what? Yes, I do. I, I got a who gonna check me. You know, I think I told the story about this white bitch at work that cried every goddamn day of training when she didn't get away, when something didn't happen the way she wanted it to, or what the fuck ever. Just this whole cried all the goddamn time. So what she did was after all that crying, she was going to the supervisor and the manager and, you know, telling them how mean and all that old bullshit that I am. And I was placed on a a corrective action plan uh, for 30 days. And um, I ain't like that shit. Because first of all, what I found out is them motherfuckers know she act like that. And they didn't tell myself or my supervisor that she behaves that way and here's how to combat it or here's how to work around this spoiled ass brat behavior from this 62 year old goddamn bald headed round ass bitch so i was placed on a corrective action plan because my communication style isn't uh conducive to how the company would man fuck fuck you know what fuck all them bitches because the bitch that put me on the cap is white the bitch that put my supervisor on the cap is white and that bitch's supervisor is white and that bitch supervisor is white too and what i've come to realize is is that i've never had a positive experience with a white woman ever in my life not ever especially those in management because I don't bow down. If I want to do something, I say no. Oh, well, I was wanting to know if you wanted to. No, I do not want to. Oh, would you like to? No, I do not want to. Is it mandatory? So anyway, um, my wonderful, beautiful, amazing supervisor, raggedy bitch. (laughs) That was a joke. She is on leave, which I understand because shit, I almost went on leave. Getting herself together, which I told her, don't come back to this motherfucker because you better than this. Anyway, so I have a uh, interim supervisor and this is a white woman too who, cu- who cuss and talk too motherfucking much about nothing. Anyway, so I had to do these um, like learn sources of courses based off of the corrective action plan 
and I had 30 days to complete them. And by like the 20th day, I hadn't done any of them. So the interim supervisor was like, well, you know, we don't see, you know, I haven't seen that you completed any of them. And, you know, you're supposed to complete one a week. And I was like, does it say that in the cap? In the cap, did it say that I had to complete these learned sources once a week? Well, that's just what I thought. I mean, I, I get, I, I, what she said, I think that's what it mean. And I told her, I said, I am not a person who goes off of guesses, assumptions, or thinks. If there is something that you want or need me to do, you need to spell it out. You need to type it out. You need to be very specific and direct because I am a direct person and I receive information directly as well. If in the cap, it did not say that I had to complete one of these every week and come talk to you and tell you what I learned and how I'm going to apply this to my work, my, my work day or whatever the fuck I do. It don't say that in the cap. So I'll complete them before the 30 days is out. And if you want to have a conversation about this, then set up a meeting and we can talk about it. So the first meeting, I was not in a good mood that day and because I was mad. Because first of all, I'm on a cap because this old ragged trout mouth crying ass bitch that won't shut the fuck up. And then I won't do this shit. So she was like, oh, I see you completely learned source. What did you learn from it? Tell me one positive thing that you're able to take back and use daily. I said, I'm going to tell you right now. I ain't learned shit. Because I have paid attention because I ain't want to do it because I'm mad that I'm on a cap anyway. So I'm going to do these learn sources and all of this. I said, I ain't going to be able to bullshit you. I ain't going to be able to lie to you and tell you that, oh, I learned such and such. I don't have it in me to do that and I'm not going to do it. So you can type and write whatever it is you want to write that I said that I learned from this. I ain't got nothing else to give you. Okay, because in the cap, it don't tell me I have to do this. All it said was to complete it. And I'm supposed to be nice and polite and all that old other raggedy bullshit. Have I been nice? She said, yes. Have I been polite? Yes. Have I participated in the huddles? Yes. So all of this other shit that you are asking me, I'm not doing at all. So she says, well, you know, I don't feel like I'm a good supervisor. This is a white Italian woman. I don't feel like I'm a good supervisor if I don't get you to trust me. And I said, good luck. Good luck on getting me to trust you. And yes, I said it just like that. Good luck on getting me to trust you. Okay? Because what she don't know, I know, is that her and the manager are really, really good friends. They live down the street from each other. They talk all the time. Bitch, I don't trust you as far as I can throw you. And I can't throw your ass nowhere. Ho. So, good luck. And she was like, well, I'm going to lose sleep, you know, because, you know, you, you're unhappy and you don't like your job. I said, honey, do not lose no sleep on account of me because I ain't losing no sleep on account of you. <laughs> they probably think I am a mean old black ass bitch. But you know what? Y'all can think whatever y'all want to because y'all didn't do nothing about this hoe that y'all coddling and she need to retire and go somewhere with her little ugly ass husband and her bald-headed ass dog. And that's my who gonna check me. I am sick and tired of you white bitches crying all the fucking time because you can't get your way. Come be a black woman. I could never cry at work. 
I could never cry every day during a goddamn training. Ever. But you white women sure get away with it. And that's because you have privilege that you don't understand that you have. You can be emotional. You can show you know, that you got life going on. But black women, we can't show that. We can't show that we stressed out and we are not strong today and that we're not having a good day. And we got some real shit going on in our lives. We supposed to always be strong, always be happy, always calling the motherfucker and always doing everything we supposed to do to make somebody feel okay. And I'm not. Fuck you bitches. And that is that on that. I'm done ranting because it is time to continue drinking and having a good time. And I'll talk to you niggas tomorrow. <laughs> Not tomorrow, oh Lord. I'll talk to y'all next week. <laughs> okay, so let me stop this and I'm going to get serious for real so I can do my closing. All right, y'all ready? <clears throat> well... That concludes the show for today. And we talked about low blows and fighting fair and uh, Mufasa growling and me not liking white bitches. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for the support. Thank you for the thoughts, the prayers, the topics. I thank you for your listenership. Um, if you want to contact me, you can reach me at it's the candy bag B at gmail.com. The candy bag underscore B on Instagram and the candy bag B all caps on Facebook. And in closing, thank you again. <clears throat> you all have a good evening. A good afternoon and a good morning. And thank you for tuning in to the Candy Bag Beat.